0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Two Coffee Teachers Podcast. I'm Josh. Here on the Two Coffee Teachers Podcast, we are educators who want to contribute to our field. On this podcast, we talk about education and relevant content to apply in our classrooms. It's our hope that this podcast can also encourage educators without needing that second cup of coffee. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a regular subscriber or a regular podcast listener, thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you're new, thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. For today's main topic, we're going to be taking on formative assessment tech tools and what are some great ways to use them in our classroom. So, preliminary segment, I'm going to answer the elephant in the room, which is where is Alex Alex Parker? If you're a regular subscriber and a regular listener to this podcast, you know that Alex and I would kind of go back and forth on the intro. We kind of talk about hey, hello. Welcome, we kind of go back and forth, talk about the topic a little bit, and uh, you'll notice that it's it's just me. You'll notice it's just me on the podcast today. We're trying something a little different uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Alex Parker, my regular co-host and good buddy on this podcast, is a little bit unable to participate. In an audio medium like podcasting, you have to be able to talk and articulate, and Alex Parker has lost his voice. Uh I talked to him earlier and he is like very hush hush. Like if we had him on the podcast today, he wouldn't sound great. You'd have to really turn up your earbuds to hear him. Um and he just wasn't feeling good. Uh he couldn't really talk very well. So we're trying something a little bit different. I'm gonna roll with the podcast today, and we'll see how it turns out. We've never done a solo podcast before where it's just me or just Alex going through the podcast, but you know what? Hey, we're flexible. We're teachers, right? We roll with it. We try different things and see how they work. Uh, Alex wanted me to express to you guys that he wishes he could be here. Um, but, hey, guys, I got this. This is episode 20. We've done 20 episodes so far, which is crazy. Um, so I think by the 20th podcast, I might be able to take it by myself in a crunch when I need to. So, Alex, we're thinking of you, buddy. Feel better. Feel better. And uh, for the rest of you guys, tune in for the rest of the episode. Our main segment today is on formative assessment tech tools. And so when we talk about formative assessments, we've mentioned them kind of briefly on the podcast before. But we, what we mean by that are ways that teachers gather data on student progress. That's what we mean by formative assessments. Uh, An informal assessment would be like an individual gauge of how we feel students are learning. Formative assessments have something we can analyze. It's got data that we can interpret and look at to see how students are learning. Are they progressing the way we want them to be progressing uh, as we're teaching the content? So, There are lots of different ways to do formative assessments. There are infinite creative ways to assess students on how well they're gaining the content. Uh, Today, we're focused specifically, though, on technology tools, things you can use through online, through different devices, through apps, through all that good stuff. And we've talked on the podcast before about the value of technology. Uh, There are lots of great reasons to implement technology. Um, it's a really efficient way to collect data in this particular case. Technology affords us the ability to like organize and collect data very quickly and efficiently that we may not be able to do um, without technology assisting us. There are, again, tons of ways to assess without technology, uh, but we're talking about some of the really efficient ways technology can do that for us in this medium. Uh, also, kids love using technology. We've talked about that definitely on the show. Um, If you're a teacher that can use technology and use it well in your lessons, that seems to garner some esteem, Uh, students really like to use their technology. They like their phones, right, guys? They like to use their phones, and if there's any way that you can implement that, depending on your school's technology policy, I recommend it. If not cell phones, you know, other devices that may be available to you in your department or in your building. So, coming to you on episode 20 of the Two Coffee Teachers podcast is 5 Awesome formative assessment tech tools that you can use and I recommend in your classroom. Here we go. Uh, This is in no particular order, guys. No particular order. They're all very different. Uh, They work different ways and they fulfill different means of assessing student learning. Uh, So first one is Plickers. Plickers with a P. Uh, Plickers is a little interesting because this episode is based on uh, tech tools, but Plickers isn't necessarily a technology and conventional way that I think we approach formative assessment technologies today. What Plickers is, is Plickers is a uh, an app that you can use on a device, like an iPad or an iPhone, and a series of QR codes. What you do as the teacher is you take some time ahead of time and you assign a QR code to each student. The QR codes are square shapes um, that are each QR code is very unique. And what students do is when you ask a question using clickers, the students will turn their QR code, 90, 180 degrees, whatever, um, to each of the sides of the square, each of the four corners of the square, if you're asking a multiple choice question. And so since each QR code is different, right, if a student thinks the answer is A, they'll look at their QR code, they'll turn it so A is facing up, and they'll show it to you, the teacher at the front. Now, the benefits of this is that the students can't tell what, what their other students are using. They can't tell what their uh, fellow students are answering. Uh, a lot of times, you know, if I do something in the classroom where I use whiteboards and I hold up, have them hold up whiteboards, they can kind of look around to see what their peers are writing if they don't know. So, Splakers is really cool because. Um, a, the students don't need technology to use the QR code. You, the teacher, need some form of technology, but the students don't. They just need to flip their QR code. Um, and the students can't like copy and see if another student is using an answer. Then they can use that one, right? So very much individual data. Uh, on the screen is a projected question, a multiple-choice answer, and then it will graph how many students answered which number with A, B, C, or D, right? And so students can get an idea of what the right answer is and then you as the teacher can talk about, well, I don't know, maybe 10% of the class answered C if the answer was A. Let's talk about C for a minute and go over it. That's a way that you can see how many students are getting it and then you can can adjust and move forward based on how well your students are getting the material. Um, I really recommend Plickers, especially if you're in a position or a school that doesn't have a lot of technology available, uh, as a teacher, you can use your smartphone. And when you trying to get the students to answer the question, you scan your phone across the QR codes around the room, and the phone app will pick up the answers the students have. So the students don't need to have phones. This works in a lot of... Um, places that don't maybe have a lot of funding for technology. And the kids sometimes think it's kind of fun to be flipping flipping their cards, flipping their papers around to get the right answer. So that's Plickers. Highly recommend Plickers. Number two is Padlet. 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 When I think of Padlet, I think of a blank canvas that me and the class can um, can add to, can contribute to, and put information on that allows us to collaborate as a class. It's a great collaboration tool. The way Padlet works is that you get like a canvas or like a corkboard screen or something, and you have the students add text, images, audio, lots of different things uh, to gather information. You can use this efficiently. uh, If you have the Padlet open on screen, projecting on the screen, you ask the students an entrance question of some kind, an entry ticket. You say, uh, answer this question. And then the students hop on Padlet with, from a computer, a tablet, or phone, and they contribute their answer to the screen. Now, it works really good to see like what students are thinking. It works really good to brainstorm a lot of ideas. If you want to pose a problem, say, hey, how do we solve this problem? Students can anonymously or insert their name in the title and Uh, contribute, brainstorms, and ideas. So if they include their name, this is a great way to assess how students are doing. If you put them in groups, this is a good way for them to contribute in as a group to the Padlet. And then you have on the screen all the whole class's perspective and answers and ways to interpret uh, how the whole class is viewing the material and how they're gaining the material or if they're learning it. Or not. Uh, Padlet's very creative. There are a lot of creative options that you can use with this program. Um, you can add captions that are fun. Um, I use it a lot with brainstorming, and I, but for formative assessments, I really like how I can get a bunch of answers and I can see how everybody is doing at once, um, which can be pretty useful if I'm trying to decide what the next move in my lesson is going to be. Uh, offhand, so that's Padlet. Big fan of Padlet. Number three is Kahoot. Uh, kahoot seems to be very, very popular in the classrooms that I've been in as part of my student teaching, any kind of practicum experience. And uh, Kahoot is spelled K-A-H-O-O-T, like Kahoot, like a like an owl, like hooting. Um, there are two different websites, and I think this needs to be explained first if you're one of those guys like me who hears something cool and then goes to Google it or save it somewhere. There are two ways to access Kahoot. There's the first website, which is kahoot.it. Um, that is for when you're going to use Kahoot. If you want to access, the uh, as the teacher, the creative website where you create things on Kahoot, you want to go to create.kahoot.it. Okay, that's very important. If you go to kahoot.it as a teacher and you're trying to make a Kahoot, then you're going to be very confused because it's just asking for a game pin. So go to create.kahoot.it. There are three different ways to use Kahoot. The most popular method, though, is the competition quiz-based game. The way this works is use the teacher to devise a quiz ahead of time. And then you open it up, and the students enter using some form of computer, laptop, or cell phone, mobile device. And they enter the pin at Kahoot.it that's projected on the screen, and they enter the game. They like to use their own nicknames, which is fun. My students like using emojis a lot. Um, That's fine as long as you can identify who each of those students are. Because one of the great things about Kahoot is that it does provide individual data on each student. Um, So, as the competition quiz goes through, the students will answer the multiple-choice questions, and they'll race as fast as they can to answer the questions, because they get more points based on how fast and correct they answer the questions. Uh, The game projects the top five uh, of how those students are doing in the class, and they love the competition of it. The game, music in the background is like, boom, 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 and it just gets everybody kind of like in the zone. Uh, As a teacher who's done Kahoot! a few times in my class, the music kind of drives me crazy, uh, if you're with me on the Kahoot music driving you crazy, tweet at us using the hashtag to coffee Teacher Chat. Uh, we can talk about how crazy that music is. But uh, the students really love it. It gets them in the zone to play Kahoot. Uh, Besides that, besides the competitive quiz race version, there are a couple of other ways to use Kahoot that I don't feel like is commonly used enough, but I think is worth mentioning when we're talking about the value of this formative assessment tech tool. Um, You can create a survey or create like a discussion, um, which are ways for you to gather feedback as well. If you want to survey the class or take a poll or you want to create open-end discussion, uh, Kahoot offers that functionality as well. And you know each student uses the device that's available to them, or that you provide for them, and you can gather a lot of data, kind of like in Padlet, I think, um, where you can gather a lot of information about how students are gaining the material. One of my favorite parts about Kahoot! Uh, is that you can share publicly the Kahoots that you create. So uh, if I'm in a crunch and I need uh, to create, I need a formative assessment to assess what students are learning about that day. I can go to Kahoot! Create.kahoot.it, search for public cahoots on the topic, and maybe find a quiz I can use as a formative assessment tool that day. Um, I also just love the open source and the sharing that teachers do um, in this profession. And so. You know, you can go and search. You can find my cahoots. If you want to search my username, you're welcome to use any of the cahoots that I create. My username is J-O-S-H-T-W-E-R-Y, Josh Twery, no space, no caps. And uh, I've got stuff there on the judicial branch and political parties for high school. I've got stuff for middle school and archaeology, civics, the Federal Reserve. Um, So you're totally welcome to use any of those cahoots that I have available as well as any of the public cahoots available on that site. Uh, I definitely recommend that as a great tool um to gather student data. Uh, I love sifting through the data afterwards it doesn't project the data that students like as each students answer the question during the competitive game. It doesn't tell everybody how the answers. The students are notified if they got it right or wrong, but um I get the data at the end after the class, and I can see, oh man like. That kid was really tripping up in these questions here. This is something I need to go back to. Uh, It's really easy to use, even if you're not an Excel, Google Sheets kind of person, really easy to learn how to use that, and use that to your advantage in preparing for the next lesson. Number four. Number four is Quizlet. Quizlet is one of the coolest ways that i found for students to practice information, and a lot of information at that. Quizlet is mostly based around learning terms through flashcards. When I was a kid, I had stacks, stacks of flashcards for when I had to learn a lot of information very quickly. Uh, examples, Spanish. I had a ton of flashcards for all my vocab, all my verbs. Uh, when I took APUS History in high school, tons of flashcards differentiate between all the famous people. Flashcards have long been used as a way to learn a lot of different terms very, very quickly. Uh, What I love about Quizlet is it's not just a website where you enter in the term, the definition, and it flips you the flashcards. While that is one thing you can do, it offers a lot of different ways to practice using that terminology. They'll mix it up for you if you want. You can take different spelling bees. You can take a quick quiz using the terms and the phrases um, and the definitions. There's also a bunch of different practice games, which some of my students have really enjoyed in the past. Uh, Kind of like the Kahoot, they like the competitive edge of it. And while I can't show them how well they've done compared to their peers, it will show me like the top few people how they get things done the fastest. The students love the competitive edge combined with the technology. They really seem to get into that. Um, I don't know the psychology behind that, but it's something they really get into. Uh, I need to express one caveat about Quizlet going through as we're talking about formative assessment technologies on this episode, I need to note the other three. Uh, you can do a lot for free with Quizlet. If you want to uh, watch your students grow over time, gather individual data, you are going to need to upgrade to one-year teacher subscription. Uh, I would tell you that it's worth it. I would tell you that gaining individual data is essential. If that's not your thing i have used it for a lot of informal assessment to gauge my students learning as well kind of walking around surveying the room as the students have been doing quizlet it's pretty quick to tell which students are struggling which students are nailing it excuse me and uh it's a great way to kind of gauge the room um so For the super best way to do it, I recommend the upgrade to one-year teacher subscription. Uh, Quizlet is not sponsoring us or endorsing us to say that. I'm just telling you it's a great plan if you are serious about using Quizlet to assess uh, student growth in the content in your classroom. All right, number five. This one is a little tricky, not in the way that it works, but the name, okay? This name, <laughs> it has been uh, described to me two ways that you can say this. Um, so there's Socrative and Socrative, okay? I don't know. People have been saying Socrative. They say on their websites, Socrative. Socrative. Not Socrative, Socrative. If I mix that up in the next 10 minutes and I say the wrong one, Socrative and Socrative, same thing, okay? Socrative. 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 Okay. Socrative is a really easy to use formative assessment tool. It provides four different mediums for you to use engaging your students knowledge. Okay. You can do a simple quiz that you design using various types of questions. Students answer the quiz on a laptop, iPad, uh, cell phone, whatever means is available that you provide or they have, and they answer the quiz. Okay. Some students feel a bit more confident doing that. I'm not sure why, but some students seem more confident to write something like they're sending it in a Facebook message or a text message than they are to write it. Um, there's a lot to be said at this point about the effect of typing versus writing. Uh, for this case, I've seen students get a lot of success out of and being able to articulate themselves when they're typing it on a screen. Again, the psychology of that, not quite sure, but it's really interesting regardless. The other way is you can do a quick quiz or a survey. This is great for like an entrance ticket. This is a great way if you're trying to pull the room on something, you want to ask a quick question based on something that's going on in your lesson, and it will throw it all up there for you to learn. Kind of a lot like Padlet, if I may say. The other one is an exit ticket where you can pose a question, get a lot of individual feedback, very similar to the way in Kahoot might do it or other programs where it'll provide an Excel sheet or a Google Sheets layout for you to go through and interpret uh, how each student is doing on that. And also kind of similar to Kahoot as well, they have a program called Space Rage, which is really cool. This takes the competitive part of that's similar to the Kahoot, but you can assign kids to Teams and provide other customizable options that the Kahoot program may not offer um, for you to do. So you can just put students on Teams answer questions the fastest and correctly. Uh, it's you can put them individually and get individual data on that, or you can put them in groups based on differentiated needs for each student. I really like this one, um, Socrative. I haven't been able to use it as much as I'd like in the classroom. I could tell you, though, I'm eager to use it going forward this next calendar, not calendar, academic year, as I've been playing around with it a bit this summer, and it's a really cool program. Uh, I'd recommend a lot all of the programs that we've talked about here on the podcast today, but that one to me seems like it has a lot of cool potential uh, to be used. So let's talk about a few things as we summarize the end of the podcast here. Uh, One, do you need to have uh, beautiful Mac, Apple products for every student one-to-one to to use formative Tech? Tools? The answer is no. You don't need to have all this stuff together. There are programs like Plickers where you are the only person that needs a device in the room to use these tools. Um, a lot of these tools have apps that students can use to practice or to contribute in class. Uh, you don't need any advanced technology to do this. A lot of this is available for free. Again, I say a lot of it is available for free, uh, with some exception and a lot of it is very, very efficient. A lot of it gains individual student data that you can interpret and go through to learn. Um, I can tell you that taking one of these quizzes or using one of these technologies and being able to look at a spreadsheet that tells you quickly what students did or didn't get is a lot easier than maybe flipping through 25 to 30 exit tickets on paper. you just get a very quick image very quick, so I'm really a big fan of that part as well. All right, so are we limited to these five technologies? Heck no. There are a lot of cool technologies out there as well. We didn't have time to cover on the podcast today. Things like Nearpod, which I haven't had as much experience with, but I hear it's very good as well. If you want to let me know or Alex know some great formative assessment technologies that you've used in the classrooms or you want to use in your classroom, let us know this week as we talk on social media. Use the hashtag 2CoffeeTeacherChat and let us know what you think about some of these formative assessment tech tools and what you might contribute to the list as great tools to use in the classroom. Uh, students love it. It's got a lot of competitive um, opportunities and it's a great way for you to develop knowledge on how your students are doing in the classroom very specifically and in a broad sense uh, that's what we're all about as teachers guys we want our students to be successful we want them to learn as much as we can but a lot of that the advantage is knowing where our students are at play by play lesson by lesson as we go through the year uh, so big fan of formative tech tools Uh, formative assessment tech tools. I think you guys are going to love them if you're not using them. If you are, awesome. I hope this was helpful for you guys uh, on this solo podcast that we've been doing here on the Two Coffee Teachers podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We want to continue the conversation that we've had today through social media and on our Facebook group, Two Coffee Teachers. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Two Coffee Teachers, the number two in there, at Two Coffee Teachers. You can even leave us a voicemail. We may play you on our next episode at 443 389 Again, if you want to leave us a voicemail for our next episode, that's 443 389 Oh, eight. It would also be a huge help if you could rate us on iTunes. That is the best way to put us out there to other people who may be interested in what we are doing in our growing community here on the podcast. Uh, we are in the top couple hundred podcasts for K-12. Like we are, We're kind of rising slowly through the ranks. The best way for us to rise higher on iTunes, create a, a broader audience uh, for people to contribute, is these reviews, uh, is rating us on iTunes. So, Uh, That would help us out a bunch if you've done that, and we've really appreciated it. Thanks so much for being part of the Two Coffee Teacher Podcast. Uh, Keep up the good work in the classroom without needing that second cup of coffee. Bye, guys.